Hey fellow brain pickers, how would you like to get featured as a guest on multiple podcast shows like this one and get massive exposure? Getfeatured.media will get you featured on targeted shows. They'll design a custom bio page, pitch you to the hosts, schedule a time, prepare you for the shows and promote you so you get even more brand exposure. Head over to getfeatured.media to get major publicity for your brand. Welcome to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast, where successful entrepreneurs get their brains picked so you can apply mindset tricks and game-changing tactics that will help you become unstoppable. Now, here's your host, Daniel Geffen. Hi, fellow brain pickers, and welcome to episode 73 of Can I Pick Your Brain? My guest today died six years ago. How's that for an intro? Well, it's true. She flatlined in her husband's arms. Doctors couldn't resuscitate her for over 90 minutes and it took a massive team of over 100 doctors and surgeons from around the world and $3 million to save her life. Sherry Amey spent four and a half years as a pioneer patient implanted with the latest in biomedical technology, a device known as an LVAD a left ventricular assist device, otherwise known as a bionic heart. She had a 0.000001% chance of survival. Today, she is a number one best-selling author, international speaker, mentor, contributor, and founder of Live Big, Be Happy. Her vision is to empower 10 million people around the world to live a life of love, compassion, and no regrets. You could say she has gone from being completely heartless to having one of the biggest hearts on the planet. It is my pleasure and honor to introduce to you a living miracle, a woman who doesn't take no for an answer. A guiding light to all those that stand in the shadows of their own doubt and negativity. Sherry, welcome to the show and thanks for letting me pick your brain. Oh my gosh, Daniel, I'm so excited to be here today and thank you for that fabulous intro. I feel like a rock star. (laughs) You are a rock star, Sherry. I mean, I have to tell you, I'm sitting here, right, and as I'm preparing for your interview, I've just come off three days in bed with a stomach bug. And like, I'm feeling all sorry for myself and I'm getting my wife to run around getting me water and ginger and all the other stuff that you got to take. And, you know, and then I like do your intro and I'm thinking, geez, man, this woman died for crying out loud. Like I was, you know, I had a little bit of a stomach bug. It's like, oh, push myself through it. You know, yeah, try pushing yourself through freaking dying. I mean, that's like a whole different level, right? Oh my gosh, that's funny. Yeah, it's it's funny because I always get that reaction after people read my bio. They're like, "Wow, gee, I guess I shouldn't be complaining." Yeah, <laughs> but um, I kind of want to. I kind of want to change this yeah. episode from being called yeah. "Can I pick your brain" to "Can I pick your heart." Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that. I like that. Yes, and the answer is yes, absolutely. So. Um, yeah. My, my question, I guess, and I guess pretty much everybody listening to this right now who just heard the intro is two words. Number one is wow. And number two is how. Like, mm. can you take us back to the fateful day six years ago? Like, what happened? 
Yeah, I was, um, I hadn't been feeling well for a couple of weeks. Um, and I, I just remember, like, this is going to sound so weird, but I just remember that, you know, I went to the emergency room of my local hospital and they were like, oh, she's fine, you know, and I found out that they really hadn't run enough tests. You know, somebody's just coming in, they're young, you know, they're just having breathing problems, you know, they're probably thinking, oh, maybe pneumonia, but then if those tests don't, you know, come back negative, it's kind of like, oh, you know, send you on your way. (laughs) How old were you, uh, by the way, Sherry? I was 30, I want to say 33. I think at the time I was 33. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and so, you know, and I was very healthy, you know, mm. and uh, and I, I've always looked younger than I am, too. So I think when I walked in, I probably looked like I was in my 20s. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, doctors just didn't, they didn't run the full test. I mean, even with, you know, I had some, you know, things on my medical history and stuff, but they just didn't, you know, run enough tests, even though we asked them. And um, I was sent home. And it just progressively got worse. I mean, the breathing, it, what it felt like was it felt like, um, I don't know if anybody listening has ever had like a panic attack, but it actually felt like one of those in the middle of the night. I would wake up kind of like feeling like I couldn't breathe and it felt like a, a, a panic attack. And um, and I remember at one point they gave me like something, you know, just to kind of calm my nerves. And uh, But that really wasn't helping. And then it really progressed to the point where I think one day I just collapsed on my living room floor, hyperventilating. Wow. And yeah, and, and we called up different doctors, but they didn't, with my symptoms, they kept saying, go to the emergency room. And I'm like, I just went to the emergency room. They found nothing and sent me back home. So we went through this period of three weeks where literally nobody would help me. And the bizarre part is, as the weeks went on, I just started to get this knowing that this was not normal. Like I, you know, similar to how you just said you had a stomach bug, like <laughs> kind of just know when you have a stomach bug, right? Mm-hmm. You know, kind of know you have like the sniffles. This was like some weird internal thing happening to me that I was like, this is not pneumonia. This is not, this is bizarre. Like this is n- your body it should not be doing this. Like sometimes when you're sick, it's really just your body cleansing out something. Yeah. And, um, and I really was like, no, this is not right. Like I just knew from the bottom of my soul. And what happened was I started actually saying to myself, I think this is it. This is the end. I think I'm actually watching myself, witnessing myself dying. And sure enough, um, the night before everything happened, um, I went to bed last night, that night, not feeling well. And um, something told me that night, uh, I was coming home from a friend's house and somebody, something told me that night to pick up Thai food on the way home for my <laughs> Okay. I, I know how random, right? Like I'm not feeling <laughs> well. I feel like I'm dying and I'm like, let me go get my husband some Thai food. And honestly, Daniel, I I have to say, like, I don't know if this is a female thing, but females, you know, it's kind of, it sounds funny, but there's actually a um, heart, heart failure and heart disease is literally like um, the leading number one cause of death for women all over the world. Like a head of, head of cancer, head of everything else. And, Part of that is because, number one, our symptoms are different. And number two, 
we don't pay attention to the signs. Why? Because we're so busy taking care of others, Mm. right, as the nurturer. So when you say, like, you know, everybody's probably wondering, if you thought you were dying, why would you go stop and pick up Thai food? It's it's in our genes. We're just... (laughs) We're not, it's like we could literally, literally be dying. Mm-hmm. And we're like, we got to make sure the kids are okay. The husband's got oh, food. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And, I mean, well, my wife has a stomach bug. You know, she's like yeah. still taking the kids to school, making dinner, cleaning, like doing all the others. When I have a stomach bug, I'm literally in bed and I'm done. Bye-bye. <laughs> so <laughs> definitely understand that. Yes, exactly. And um, it, it's great. Obviously, it's a great trade to have. But at the same time, when it comes to, you know, our health, things can slip through. And, uh, you know, and it's because our mindset is different. And I think for me, if you were to actually pick my brain in that moment, I think I was thinking I just wanted to do something nice for my husband because I wasn't feeling well. Because okay. I, I knew, right, that once I got home, I could at least give him dinner and go to bed. So mm. that was the justification, literally, if you were to pick my brain in that moment. And um, and so I did that, and I came home. And I remember driving home wondering, like, am I going to make it home? And I called him just to let him know what road I was on. Like, I didn't say anything. And I and just so everybody knows the state of my mind, I, I actually was at a place of peace. Um. I think so once you, I, you thought you were dying and you were okay with it. Yes, but I think it's something that you can't imagine unless it happens to you. And I honestly think it happens a lot to, to people dying because that's what was happening to me. I was dying. And I think the body, the soul, the mind, something, your conscious starts to place it somewhere and and has to start to come to terms with it in a way that we don't understand here in our normal day-to-day activities. Because in our normal day-to-day activities, it's most of our biggest fears, right? Yeah, no, 100%. So so what what ended up, what happened? I mean, you're driving home and, and did you manage to get home? Yeah, so I managed to get home and um, gave my husband his dinner. And I said, I'm not feeling well, I'm, I'm going to go to bed. And I said, I just have to put my food in the fridge. Now that honestly, um, should have been number one sign that like, I was really, really sick, because I was addicted to Thai food. Right. And I could literally eat it all day, every day for breakfast, lunch, dinner. <laughs> I mean, that's right, like, that's yeah. how much I love so the fact that I actually put it away and didn't even eat a bite was really looking back symbolic of just how dire it was. Mm-hmm. And yet there I was quietly, quietly dying to myself. <laughs> and I went to, uh, I got in bed and when my husband got in later that night, we had a little beagle, my my best friend in the whole world he was a little beagle named snoopy and i said to my husband i said to my husband you know promise me that should something ever happen to me that you will take care of snoopy and he's getting to right and he's getting into bed and he's he's kind of like groggy because he's tired and he's like yeah i mumbled something like yeah i've told you that already i'm like no babe i need you to tell me again 
He said, yes, I promise. If anything were to ever happen to you, I promise I will take care of Snoopy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he went He went off to sleep. And I was so relieved. I was like, thank you. And I went to bed literally with tears in my eyes. And Daniel, that's the last I remember before I died. So so you wake yeah. up. That, that's in, that's that. So what, what, I'm trying to like collect my thoughts. Uh, you, so you, you <laughs> hold on. So what's what what happens next? So from what I've been told, because I don't remember anything of that day, I did wake up in the morning. And my husband. It was a Saturday, and I guess my husband was running errands. My stepdaughter was around cleaning, and you know they all said that. I wasn't speaking very loud. I was almost whispering at that point. Hmm. Uh, you know, probably because, hello, I'm not getting any oxygen. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And, and then at one point, uh, when my stepdaughter was all done and she went out, my husband just got back from, like, the post office. And she, when she passed my husband, she said, I think you better check on Sherry. She doesn't look so good. <laughs> and he... He got in the house, and I guess I was starting to come down the hallway. And I said, I can't feel my arms. And at that moment, he dropped everything, and he was like, I'm taking you back to the hospital. And he said, I kicked and screamed. I didn't want to go back there. And he threw me in the car, rushed me there, and 10 minutes after we arrived, I actually flatlined right in his arms. And that is where my story picks up. So if you read it anywhere online, that is the moment that I was literally with without heartbeat for um, the next, you know, minimum hour and a half of chest compressions, CPR, the entire ER was an absolute pandemonium, um, code what? blue. I have a question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, for people that know about CPR, I, I don't know much about it, but I do know from watching the movies or whatever, it sounds stupid, but um, mm-hmm. they usually give up after like, I don't know, three minutes, right? It's, I mean, I, I, I'm not a medical guy, yeah. but usually don't they give up like after like 10 minutes of yeah. you know doing CPR and, and you still don't come to, why would they have continued for a whole hour and a half yeah. to, to, to try and bring you back? Yeah, that's that's the question I think everybody is asking. Um, I I think you know it's a hard question, Daniel, because I'm not quite sure if this is just there were powers at be because that's not the only thing that saved my life, like. A million miracles had to happen for me to still be sitting here today with you, like, and talking to you and not brain dead. A million miracles. So I could say to you, well, you know, I did ask the doctor, you know, about a year later, the one that saved me in this local hospital. And he said, well, I just knew I could save you. So you know, and I was like, wow, you know, that's, that's really interesting. You know, that that's, I talk a lot about the power of one decision and here this one doctor yes. made the 
made this decision when the whole room was ready to call my time of death after, you know, 10 minutes. Yeah. And, and he ordered them. He was actually the head of uh, cardiology of the entire hospital. So he ordered them to continue. Um, and he happened to be my, my personal doctor. So, you know, that in itself was a miracle. It was a miracle he was even on call and ran into the ER literally at the moment that I flatlined. I mean, that's another miracle. Um, and yeah, the fact that he didn't give up. Now, the hospital also had missed what had happened to me three weeks prior. So what I do know is there was a lot of pandemonium during the CPR, a lot of them pulling my husband aside. They're trying to figure out what happened. And in the midst of the craziness, you know, my husband's trying to tell them she was in here three weeks ago. I'm not sure if that played a part in it, you know, knowing mm -hmm. that they, all these tests were missed. Um, I, I, you know, you can't say a lot of thinking was going on in that moment because every second, every millisecond is critical. So I just think that a series of miracles occurred that day that allowed me to defy the odds to still be here today. Um, the CPR over 90 minutes still did not get my heartbeat back. What the CPR did was it bought the doctor time. Okay. It bought them time to, and it took over 90 minutes to actually get this contraption attached to me. So your heart, so, your heart never beat again, basically. That heart that yeah. you had. Yes. Is... It never, yeah, yeah. It, it never started again until maybe, I want to say, either the next day or several days later. So what happened was um, they put a temporary life support device in me that would allow me to bypass or allow the um, oxygen to um, get to my organs and bypass my heart, which was no longer beating. It just would not stick with CPR. So they just continued CPR to get oxygen like doing mm -hmm. something, you know, which normally that's still not even enough after 90 minutes. So it was all a risk. You know, they didn't know I fell into a coma. And so they didn't know whether or not I would be brain dead. It was all a risk. And wow. so I was, I was kept on the life support. Um, more miracles happened where somebody happened to have a connection at literally one of the you know, top hospitals in the world for cardiothoracic surgery and made a phone call to the head surgeon. And they jumped in an ambulance all the way from New York City to where I live, which is Connecticut, and um, came and got me this lifeless body after hours, hours, Daniel. These top surgeons that do multiple heart surgeries, lung trans, or I'm sorry, not 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 heart surgeries, heart transplants, lung transplants, multiple times a day, stopped everything, jumped in an ambulance, and came and got me. All right, that's enough to send me to tears. Um, what made them come up to get a lifeless body? I have no idea. <laughs> right you're in, a, no, you're in a you're in a coma and how, how long are you in the coma for i mean at this point by the time from the moment i flatline 90 minutes of cpr being dragged into the or and then having to wait 
for people to coordinate. I mean, I think my husband said it was hours before I was taken to New York City. But you're so still I, you're still unconscious this whole time. I'm unconscious because yeah, there's no yeah, there's no heartbeat. Okay. There's no there's literally just machines keeping like my kidneys alive, you know. The the big thing is like your kidneys, like you know, your organs. Yeah, the rest of your organs. <laughs> so, wow. yeah. I here I am just this lifeless body and and so the next question is why would these top surgeons hmm risk leaving this hospital and come up and get me you know another unknown but anyway they rushed me back um to new york city so this is now the hospital that that brought me back from you know from death literally uh i underwent multiple multiple open heart surgeries the first one was um i want to say 18 to 20 hours um to be in open heart surgery for that many hours is insane. I'm going to ask you a strange question. I don't know if you've been asked this before or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you feel uncomfortable answering it, you can just say pass, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you remember um, what where were what what were your what was your mind going through in other words i know you were unconscious but do you remember anything while you were under yes so i actually remember a whole journey to heaven i remember crossing over i remember knowing i had died um and i i actually remember all of the 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 I didn't know what I was having at the time, but there's actually a, a, a medical term that's being studied. It's called a near-death experience um, in which the soul passes on to, you know, this after world, this other dimension that is not a dream. It's much more vivid. Uh, the colors are much richer, and y- it's something you experience in complete detail. Can I ask point- you? Can yeah. I ask you to describe some of that, some of those details? Yeah. Um, so when I first crossed over, I actually found myself floating around in a big, white, empty space. And it felt very light. I felt light as a feather, um, as if I had no more of the heavy burdens that we carry every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember being like, wow. This feels so amazing. Like, I remember just being like, I no longer have all of those stresses and those burdens. And I remember feeling so beautiful and so whole and so vibrant and radiant and just being filled with so much love, like more love I could ever even begin to describe to you. Wow. And... And I felt so free, Daniel. Like when people talk about freedom now, it's so weird for me because I'm like, no, freedom's not out there. It's 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 within you because I felt it. I know now what it's like to actually feel free. Like you know, whenever you hear um, stories of maybe um, you know uh, people that have been in prison, you know, for mm-hmm. for um, reasons that they shouldn't have been, you know, just unfair treatment. Mm. And, and their writings talk about how their soul is free. 
Hmm. And and we we going about our daily lives can't understand how somebody could be physically mm-hmm. in prison, confined and feel free. Mm-hmm. Like I get it now. I get it because Freedom has nothing to do with your external environment, with what's happening around you, with your circumstances. That is not what frees you. And I got a chance to experience that in my journey to heaven. And this part that I'm describing was really just the entry point. Um, I actually had a whole experience where I was I was greeted. I, I call them my welcome committee. <laughs> it was this... Um, group of beings that actually met me and I remember being like oh my gosh I'm not alone like we're not alone we walk around all day thinking we're so alone sometimes you know even with physical family or friends or whatever sometimes our souls feel so lonely you know and in heaven I was like oh my god these people are right here like even when we die we're not alone they're right there to greet us and so all these questions were answered for me. Wow. Um, from the moment it all happened to the point, Daniel, where, um, and there's a whole journey, you know, I mean, we would literally be here for hours if I shared everything. But, you know, I did experience, um, I experienced a life review that happened to be not just a life review of this la- this lifetime I was living, but all lifetimes that my soul had ever been connected to. Wow. Yeah, it was mind blowing. So that was something that I, you know, I, it blew me away. I mean, to this day, it, it has altered how I live my life every day. Wow. And, um, and I, I, I do want to share with you that when I first crossed over and I'm describing how light and free I felt, I told the beings, I'm ready to move on. I, I don't want, I don't need to go back. You didn't this want is, to go back. I didn't want to come back. No. So let me ask you. Let me ask you this: When you came back, the first few moments when your eyes flickered open and you looked around, mm. did you feel sad? Did you feel heavy? Did you feel like, oh no? Um, there's two phases. Okay. When I, when my eyes first woke up, um, I I remember my family being around me now. Uh, everything was hazy, so I don't remember seeing them, but I remember hearing them and not being able to move or talk. So I remember that the minute my eyes opened, I because in heaven, I changed my mind after my whole lifetime reviews. I changed my mind at one point and I said, I'm ready to come back. I had literally just experienced the answers to how life works, the answers to the universe, why everything happens. I literally experienced the answers to every question you could possibly ask about how the world works. Really? I, I don't have any questions left. Like you're, Are you you're not, yeah, you're not going to hear me ask questions like that. Like I'm just for me, I just watch science now. I'm waiting for science to figure it out. So I'm like, oh yeah, they're on the right track. <laughs> so if someone asks, why do bad things happen to good people? You would have an answer to that. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I uh, yeah, I I don't ask the same questions as people do anymore. And and it's tough. And and I know everyone's probably thinking why, you know. Um, and I know you probably want to ask that too right now. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's a tough um, 
Danielle, it's a tough situation to be in because being back here, I could sit down for 10 hours and like give you the entirety of why the world is the way it is. Let's do it. You, you, <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're so funny. You would be, first of all, you would be floored. Like I would have to pick you guys up off the floor. The other thing is, and the thing is you would, you would, you would get it. You would not think I was making it up or any, you would be, you just would be mind blown. But the other part is that it doesn't do you any good because you would go right back to your life the next day mm-hmm. and it's, and, and, and it would, it would hurt you. It would mm. literally hurt you. And there is a mission in how I share my story with people. There's a mission or there's a, there's a, a, a process like, I have to share my story in stages. Otherwise, you won't be able to handle it all. It's too much. It's too much for you to understand it and to realize the truth and then go back to what everybody else is doing. It would require you to be strong enough to hold true to now the truth of what you know. I, I get that. It's like someone who's blind and then suddenly they they could see, but then you, you sh- they they can't handle all the light. They they yes. kinda they would need they would need to first be in like a dim lit room for for a while to get used to the light there and then slowly be exposed to more light and more light and more light. Because if you just expose them to straight up light it, yes. it just wouldn't be able to handle that. So yes. I, I, I understand what you're saying. That, yes. That's, and, that's and, incredible. Right. Yeah, and they wouldn't be able to handle that. And what would they do? They would squint back up, right? Yeah, yes, they would close up yeah. and, they, and they would be pointless, like you're saying. Yes, yes. Mm, wow. That's why when people ask me questions, um, there is a way that I respond you know, and every situation is different. Um, sometimes I'll respond by asking questions back so that I can start to judge where you are in your journey. Because if I know where you are and I know how much of this information you can hold in this moment, I can share more. But if the concept of just that, whoa, there's another life, if that's too much for you, then I can't tell you the full-on story. <laughs> right, right. right? There are, I mean, there are probably people listening to this that are like even, even your just description of the next world, heaven, whatever you want to call it, it. That's already too too far for them. I mean, I'm I'm, you know, uh, yeah. whatever. I'm on a different. I hold of that, so I and I believe in that very much. So, so for me, it's yeah. like you described to me something that I believe in completely. Um, yeah. But to a lot of people, that would just be a, a whole bag of nuts that they can't handle. <laughs> um, yeah. Let me ask and, you a question. I, mm-hmm. I get mm-hmm. it too, because this is what I, I went through. This, yeah. <laughs> right? So, so let like, me ask you this, just so we can get. I mean, this is inspiring. Is not even the word for this to, descri- to describe this like usually you would say to someone when they've said something profound you say wow that's really inspiring but like what yeah. you're what you're describing like to say the word inspiring is like a joke right yeah. so i'm yeah. not even going to say that um, yeah. but what i will say is 
I want to bring it down. I want to bring it down because people who are listening to this, they want to take something from it, right? Yes. So I'm going to ask you a question. And the question is, in your experience now, living in this world, knowing what you know, mm-hmm. what are people's biggest problems? What are the, the main things that are holding them back mm-hmm. from really being who they want to be? Mm. And, and I worded that very carefully because I, I almost said successful, but it's not about that. And I almost said, you know, you know, uh, I, I almost used different words, but they didn't fit. And, and so I specifically used the words, be the person they want to be and their true selves, because I believe that that's ultimately mm-hmm. what we really want. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's what allows you to get what you want in life. Exactly. So whether yeah. Right. Whatever success means to you um, or whatever it is that you want in life. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I can absolutely answer that. Um, the biggest thing that everybody struggles with is they cannot forgive themselves for who they are. Why? Because they do not see the magnificence and the beauty that I know that they are. That's incredible. Wow. And, and I just got goosebumps when I said that. Yeah. Because I have tears in my eyes. Yeah. They do, you just don't know. Like, I, I see it. And, and Daniel, you know, you see me on social media. That's why I show up the way I do. Like, I'm genuinely that excited to see everybody. But people could it's, look at you and think you're just, you're just kind of, a fake not a fake but like you know she's putting it on yeah. she's just trying to she's trying to play the game like you see all these people they're like they've, totally. they, there's a lot of fake stuff on social media a lot of people just showing yes. all the happy-go-lucky stuff but the fact is their life underneath you know outside of yeah. facebook and instagram it's kind of boring dull and and actually very annoying and frustrating and sucky yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah it's 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 probably everybody's biggest problem. I think the reason I don't worry about it um, is literally because, um, you know, you would really only say that if you just maybe saw my post, like if you just came into my world or my network, I think what happens very quickly, it's part of why I do so much live streaming. Mm -hmm. I think when when you do a lot of social media and it's just the pretty pictures and it's just the Instagram and it's just the post, that, you know, you just really don't know the person. Mm-hmm. But when you get on, I've built my, my brand and my network solely through live streaming. So most people only know me through live streamings. Anything else, a picture, this or that, is literally just like decoration. <laughs> Everyone's just waiting for me to come online again, that's you know, and, and that's really how I built that trust online. And, and that's how people, they're like, no, she's really like that. You know, um, there's so, so many 
people, yeah, that get to experience that, that, you know, and to do it so long and for, and so consistently for mm-hmm. so many years, I, I, it's very easy. Most people, especially if, if you do live stream, you'll know that people can, will burn out if you fake it. Yeah. Let me ask you this because the question I asked you was, what do you think is the number one thing that's holding people back from becoming who they want to be? And you said they, they, they can't forgive themselves. And I asked, why? And you said, because they don't realize how special they are, like how beautiful they are. Mm-hmm. So I guess my next question is, so how can they? How can people start to see that beauty in themselves and start to really tap into their their true selves and not and not be afraid to show it to other people yeah you know it's it's a process i mean this this is this is actually the core of of my mission and and really you know it's what i teach with my clients it's what i it's what i it's the process that i allow everybody that comes into my world into my my energy field i call it Mm -hmm. it's the process that i hold this space i really do like you know we can talk about my job my work my brand what i do with clients at the end of the day i don't care if you pay me or not if you come into my energy field my vibration on a daily basis you will start to expand yourself you will start to peel back the layers that are keeping you small it's literally a byproduct of just being around me because it's really my mission is to hold as much expansive space that you see your light shining back to you through me and there's no way you can be around me without me reflecting to you how beautiful you are so it's less about me telling you and teaching you and coaching you because I could give you steps, right? But it's a process. And I think what happens with steps and with coaching is everybody wants the, the quick fix. Okay, I did the steps. I, I Now, why am I not, you know, coming out of obscurity and sharing my full self and, and being comfortable? <laughs> right. Ready? Where's the checklist? <laughs> right? Where's the checklist? Exactly, right? You know, the, the, the five steps system and the reality is it is a process it is a journey it needs a safe container it needs leaders stepping into the forefront showing what it looks like like showing literally what it's my viewers on live streaming people love me because i will get on there happy and i will get on there and ball my eyes out (laughs) like daniel that that is me holding space to be vulnerable in a business world like it has been an it has been a process and art for me to try to i don't like to use the word try but it has been a process for me (laughs) to unfold this journey while at the same time being in an industry that's so heavily dominated by by males and a fast-paced uh industry as well that is going to look to me to see what my credentials are. Do I have social proof? Am I well-respected in the industry? 
that has not that is not an easy journey for most people. No. Like the fact the fact that I have respect of of influencers online and yet I can come on your podcast and talk about this, like that is highly unusual. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and so to bring it back to your question, there is something in me that is a result of my near-death experience that I am literally just here to bring my presence to. It's more than just being an example. It is to hold the space. It is to hold the frequency so high that it doesn't matter if you think I'm faking it. I will maintain it for so long that either eventually you will break down your shell piece by piece and start walking to my light and start bathing in it and feeling, how can I feel more of that? Because it's going to feel good to you. You're going to start to feel good. You're going to start to uncover who you are at your core and the beauty. And you're going to actually start to embrace yourself and you're going to start the forgiveness process. It is the forgiveness process that you have to do. You have to be able to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Daniel, that I've spent all these years keeping myself small. I didn't know my worth. I didn't know. I didn't think I could be somebody like a, a, a millionaire or a billionaire. I didn't think I could be the husband with the wife and the and the two and a half kids. I didn't think I could get this uh, doctoral agree. I am sorry, Daniel, for thinking of you and keeping you so small. But now I've seen the light. I've found people that are embracing their beauty. It is safe now for me to do this. And we're going to keep doing it. And I'm going to love myself the whole way. And as I open up more and more of my heart and my soul, I'm going to witness more of exactly what I want to create for my life coming in with ease. And honestly, that is the truth. It's the truth. And so my role is to hold this container. And each level of my journey, being on this podcast here with you, you graciously allowing me to share this powerful message. I mean, that to me brings me tears brings me tears. You've got incredible guests on this show. And yet you're bringing on me to share my story. There is no words for me for how I feel about being alive. There's no words, Daniel. So it's not about whether somebody believes what I'm doing or not. It is the energy. It is, are you ready? Are you ready to handle your own light? Because once you're ready to hold your own light, you won't look at me like that anymore. You will be grateful that I'm even around. Wow. How do you've got a, you've got an incredibly powerful mission. Um, and and I know that there's a lot of people listening who, you know, one of the things that they may be struggling with is is finding their purpose. Like, what is my mission? You know, how how do, how do you go about knowing what you're supposed to be doing? 
Like, how do you, there's so many things in this world. There's so many options. You know, I could be a gazillion things. Yeah. How do I know which one to, to be? You know, how do I know what to do? The biggest advice I can give is to really let go of the pressure of that question. You're going to see a million videos and articles on how to find your purpose, how to find your passion. The truth is nobody knows. And you want to know why? You don't find your passion. Your passion finds you. It's not possible to find your passion. Your passion will find you. My passion found me through my death. You don't look for that, (laughs) right? No, definitely don't. I it, it found me. I am stepping into my passion. I'm stepping into it. It was not a choice. So instead of saying day after day, what's my passion? And then feeling, what do you feel right after? Not good enough. You feel not good enough because you're looking for something, which means you haven't found it yet. So that automatically your vibration goes down, you feel unworthy, you feel not good enough, you don't feel like Daniel has got this epic podcast show, you feel like you're not doing enough, you don't feel like a success, right? You start comparing yourself. Yeah. What, what if, what if we just let go of that question? Just, just, just give it a chance. Just let go of that question and instead say, What is the next best move I can make in this moment that brings me joy? It may not be what I'm going to be known for for the next 10 years. It may not be my legacy. What can I do right now? Because the way the universe works is tomorrow, something else or somebody could walk into your life as you're sitting in Starbucks and change the entire trajectory all because you made that decision to just do the next re- next best right thing. Hmm. Imperfect action. Yes. It is following your highest excitement. If you need to make money right now, then go towards where the money is coming in and then put your highest vibration on the side towards what you love. You don't know where that's going to go down. As long as you can make sure that your bills are paid, you've got food on the table, right? Find something that can then allow you on your your the on the side to actually allow you to start exploring. Because I guarantee you, no matter what job you have, you are going to learn a skill that is going to benefit you in the end once it all comes together. I I mean, for Mm -hmm. the longest time after I died, I'm like, why was I this top programmer, you know, well-respected, getting jobs all over the country in the U.S., and then I freaking die? Like, why have (laughs) I been, right? I'm like, why was I in digital tech marketing? Why did I have all that success just to die? And now that I'm back, I had no clue I'd be back in social media. Who who knew at this time that eight years later, social media would be the way it is now, Snapchat, Instagram, all this stuff. And that, you know what, those skills, even though now I do more branding and less of the technical, 
you know, technical development stuff. I'm doing branding. I can sit down in a technical meeting all I, you know, and, and fit right in. I know exactly what's going on. Mm. So who knew? It all t- it's all going to tie together. There is not a single skill that you that you will learn that is not going to benefit you at some point when your passion finds you. The point is to explore, figure out what do you like, try it out. If you don't like it, try something else. If you don't like it, try something else. It's all going to come together if you let go of that pressure. This a whole conversation comes back to forgiving yourself for who you are. You're still not forgiving yourself that you haven't found your passion. <laughs> right. Right? Mm-hmm. So I, Right. And I guess people define they want to define themselves. They wanna they wanna define themselves as yes. something. And if they don't, then they feel like they don't know who they are. Yes. yes. So they feel empty. Yes. And let me give you an example. When I came back from heaven, one of the hardest things for me was I didn't know where to start in sharing what I had just experienced because the moment it comes out of my mouth, I've already done it like no justice whatsoever. Mm-hmm. There, There's no physical world in our reality that describes what that other world is like. There's none. There isn't a single word. I can't say red. I can't say it was round. Like, Anything I say to try to get you to visualize what I experienced already has like done a disservice to my story. And and I had to I've had to get used to that because that used to really break my heart. You know, I, I'm just used to it now. But I learned in heaven that part of the problem is part of why we're not free is because everything is labeled. The minute you label something, the minute you define something, you've already diminished it. You've already put it in its box. The word freedom is a box. Wow. So everybody wants to define themselves as something. So you'll never get free as long as you keep trying to define yourself. But... Society wants you to define yourself. That's where that strength and courage that I talked about earlier comes in. I See, I, to hold this space of my mission, I'm okay with you not being able to define what I do. Right. I'm actually completely okay with that. <laughs> and right. that's how... That's how I'm free. That's how this bigger mission. I mean, how many people do you know? Like their mission is to be a container of space. Like what? (laughs) (laughs) Container of space. Right. I love that. So, I mean, but out of that definition of that mission, look at me. I'm writing for Influenza, right? Like a major media outlet now, right? Mm -hmm. I'm on podcast shows with people like you. I'm, I'm, you know, teaching CEOs and, and founders of company and, and helping them advise them with personal brandings. You know, I teach entrepreneurs about personal branding, storytelling. I have a question right? actually based on what yeah. you, you know, one thing that yeah. is kind of bouncing around in my head is you have all this knowledge, you experience, you know what it's not even it's experience which is even more profound than knowledge wisdom you want to call it why would you i'm not going to say waste but why would you go into the business world 
when you yeah. could go into the personal development world of you could be saving people's lives. I mean, there are people out there who are suicidal, who are getting yeah. addicted to all sorts of, you know, things. And you could be going on the front lines and saying, you know, hey, you know, teaching them. Yeah. Yeah. Why? So, yeah. No, and that's an absolute uh, great question. It's something that I had to figure out myself. I really, really did. And I started off in the personal development area. And to be quite honest, um, if I were to just be really blunt, it, it was, uh, yeah, you could say that too, but it, it was more than that for me. Um, that's not really the first thing that comes to mind. For me, it was that, I don't know how to say this in a good way, um, it feels watered down. Personal development, to me, just to me, because of my experience, I would I would be watered down. I would be watered down by somebody with a degree or a reputation ahead of me, mm -hmm. drowning drowning out this powerful message. And I know enough about business. I mean, I was CEO of my own tech firm the day I died. So I know what it's like to run a company and have employees. And, um, you know, I've just been in business forever. Business is where I am more comfortable. I, I'm not as much as I have my own spiritual practice and, you know, yoga and quiet time. I, I'm just a business person at heart. You know, I'm an entrepreneur mm. at heart. And I, I've, I love science. I love, um, I love brilliant minds, like really brilliant minds, right? Like yours. <laughs> Like, I just love that. <laughs> You're flattering. You're flattering me now. <laughs> I've got an average mind. I could promise you that. I failed, failed high school. Um, you know, oh, that so. doesn't mean anything. That means nothing. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Look at who you're talking to. That means nothing, Daniel. So um, trust me, you've got a brilliant mind. And um, yeah, and, and I, I think there's a part of me that is, I'm very strategic. Like, it's crazy. Like, I'm really, really strategic to the point where I feel like my strategies have gone to a whole other level since I died. Like, honestly, the the key of what helps me succeed so fast, I actually can't even explain. Um, I, 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 it, I really can't even explain. And if I started <laughs> right now, you would think I was literally crazy. So I won't do that to your audience. But no, 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 no. I'm not letting you go with that. Come on. You, you can't you can't do that to us. Just try us out. Maybe my audience is different to the ones you're used to. Yeah. Um it it's just you know, you know how I told you uh, during my lifetime review, it was not just one lifetime, it was multiple. Yes. So once you see that, it's kind of similar to once you see heaven, now you know. Like once I once I saw the truth of everything. Now I I see you like as a ball of light. I really don't see you as like a human being. Really? I see right yeah, I see everybody. It's it's kind of like the matrix when you the the computer that would have those those um light blips yeah. up down the screen. That's actually what I see when I look out in the world. I just wow. see energy frequencies and like you stand out to me because your energy frequency bleeps uh, brighter, right? Gosh. And okay. yeah, so that's kind of how I I get close to certain people, you know. And certain people, you guys just stand out. You're like blips of light that just stand out. I'm like, okay, I got to connect with that person. So, wow. 
Yeah, I've got a very simplified way of seeing life now. So, um, what was the question again? (laughs) 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 I was supposed to tell you how, yeah. So, the, okay. So, I went through all these different, um, lifetime reviews. And so I got to see all the different dimensions that exist. So even though I'm back here, all right, this is where it's going to sound a little crazy. But even though I'm back here, um, I, I feel um, all the dimensions like at once. So I can actually get stuff done, not in like a linear plane, like not in just third dimensional i can just do things that connect different dimensions at once that just allow me to like for example if it's in my business and i'm i need to promote something and i need certain people to see it or i need a certain number of people on it like i i just do this thing that's i'm not even thinking about it i just know it works and i i will do things that can trigger you in different areas and get you all to pinpoint on one area I need you to focus and blow that up. Now, I, I, I thought I could teach it to people and I, I think it's too much right now. Wow. <laughs> that's pretty, that's pretty heavy. Yeah. So it's, it's helped me with business and, you know, I built this very quickly and I'm very strategic. So it's not like I'm not building this brand to be like, okay, I've got 50,000 Instagram followers and, you know, 10 million on Twitter. And, and, Mm. and, and then now I'm an, I'm, I'm an important influencer. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't go that route. I just did my thing and just got myself in the right network wow sherry i mean i can honestly speak to you for for hours um (laughs) but i i respect your time and and the show i respect the audience as well um and so we've only got a couple of minutes left and and i kind of want to you know i want to say this there are going to be people listening to this who there's going to be three types of people listening to this. There are going to be the people who, right off the bat, they are going to dismiss you as a complete loony bin. <laughs> and that, no, no, and 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 that's fine, and that yeah. that's okay, because because yeah. I really I believe that it's important to respect everybody's beliefs and everybody's okay. That and that's fine. And truthfully, most of those people have already gone. So. You know, it's only the people that right. are listening to me now that are probably right. The people who have stuck around are the set, the, the the second two, right? The first, the first, uh, you know, category have probably switched off. You know, five minutes in, well, at the right. point where where you said that you were, uh, you know, that you uh, went up to heaven or whatever it was. So, right. so the second group is going to be the group that completely and utterly gets you. Mm-hmm. They completely and utterly gets you, and they. They're fascinated by you. They want to know more, and they're just like, "Yes, wow!" Um, and mm-hmm. I, I'm in that camp, by the way. Mm-hmm. The third camp <clears throat> is going to be the people listening who are really on edge. They're really on edge because they want to believe you so desperately, want to believe you because what you're saying is so beautiful mm. that they really want it. 
but there's this skepticism inside of them that's just gnawing biting nibbling at them saying she's she she can't be like this is not real this is not like there's no way it's that little voice but then there's the other voice that's saying but what if right so mm -hmm. i want those people i'm speaking to you mm -hmm. take that what if and just follow it down a little bit further just go down that path just a little bit further you don't have to go all the way just a little bit take a few more steps and what i would recommend is for you to follow sherry and just give her that chance and so sherry at this point i want you to a i want you to just um the, the you've written two books so if you could just give out those two books that people can get a hold of what are those yeah yeah absolutely so the first book is actually called uh, God's Fingerprints, Impressions of Near-Death Experiences. Mm -hmm. And you find that on um, Amazon. So I am the uh, a co-author, so you'll see my name on the inside of the book. Okay. Um, and then the second book is actually for heart failure patients. So it's a book called How to, How to Rock an LVAD Like a Fashionista, 10 Tips <laughs> to Finding the Perfect bag for your left ventricular assist device. It was a fun book that I made for my other um, friends in the hospital that were on the bionic heart that I was on. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, those it's a short read. Yeah, so those are my two books. They're both on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And um, and if anybody wants to connect with me, um, they can actually uh, look for me on uh, Facebook. I'm very engaging. Um, and my website is sherryamay.com. That's C-H-E-R-I-E um, A-I-M-E-E.com. And, um, and you can find my social media links all there. Cool. And, um, all of those links, including the books and your social links will be in the show notes. Um, and that will be at danielgeffen.com forward slash 73. So that's danielgeffen.com forward slash 73 and also i have a facebook group called can i pick your brain and i believe sherry is in the group so for those listening that want to pick her brain as well please you know come into the group and feel free to ask her questions there um the facebook if you just go onto facebook type in can i pick your brain and then i'll approve you to to come into the uh to come into the group sherry this has just been i'm not even going to put a word on it <laughs> because it's uh there's no words to describe uh but i just want to say thank you so much for letting me pick your brain and your heart today and thank you to all my fellow brain pickers i'm looking forward been to the day to when the I'll be can i pick your brain, your brain podcast inspiration without perspiration is like a tiger without teeth so to put these ideas into action head over to danielgeffen.com